Welcome to Gateway Church's Sermon of the Week, where our goal is to equip the believer to do the work of the ministry. We hope that you enjoy this week's sermon by the senior leader here at Gateway Church, Pastor Chris Monahan. Hey, um, so once again, our Voice of the Patriots meeting will be this Friday night at Cornerstone Family Market. We have some great speakers, uh, Donald Rainwater, uh, Dr. Elizabeth McLean, Susan Julian, and uh, Candace Keller. And this is going to be, uh, we're just addressing stuff that needs to be addressed in our community. And we would love to guys, love you guys to have uh, you be part of that. Who's been to a Voice of the Patriots meeting? Come on, yeah, yeah, just wave your hands, wave your hands. Oh, am I wearing that? Okay. I'm getting hooked up here. Do I got it? Is it on? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? There All right, there I am. Okay, good. I'm hands-free. Look, Ma. Look, Ma, no hands. No hands. So I can be more expressive today, right? Be good. I want to talk today on prudence. And it was about eight years ago, I was reading the Bible, and I saw this word, prudent. And I thought, what's that word? I know I should know that. should have paid attention in English class, but I didn't. So anyway, I want to talk today about what, what it means to be prudent. And I want you guys to, as we're going about this, how does this apply to our lives? Because what happens is, is when uh, we're not prudent, there's, there's consequences. And this is a season where uh, prudence is going to take, prudence is actually being prepared for what's ahead. We have to be prudent. How many remember uh, Y2K? Any of you guys born back then? Uh, there's some people that prepared and they spent all their inheritance, uh, you know, guns and water and uh, going underground, you know. That, they were being, they thought they were being prudent. How many remember uh, Haley's comment does anybody remember Haley's comment? When was the last time that was here? It was 1970-something? Does anybody remember? Well, ap- apparently, the last time it came was probably around 1910. Uh, they thought it was going to be the end of the world, and people were selling, like, tin foil hats and everything. Uh, was anybody around during that time doing that stuff? Uh, you know, the sky is falling, basically. But we want to be prepared for what's ahead. We need to understand what's happening in our culture. And we don't want to be overreactive, but we also don't want to be underreactive. We want to, and we, the main thing I want to teach you today is we need to be prepared in the spirit. More than anything in the physical, God can multiply anything. I mean, I can lay hands on your chili and it will feed a thousand people. I can do that. <clears throat> So we don't have to worry as much about the practical, but are you ready spiritually? Have you been prudent spiritually? Is that making sense? And so we see this in the Bible, uh, and Jesus taught this in the parables. And this is the parable of the five wise virgins and the five fools. And it says this in Matthew 25, 1 through 4, And at that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. Father, we pray today for your spirit to come and alive, make alive what I'm speaking today. Prepare us in our spirit, men and women. Let us be prepared in our spirit for what we are about to face, for what is ahead for our lives. And we thank you for that impartation today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God a shout. Come on. Hallelujah. So what is wisdom? Um, for some people, maybe it's, it's what you eat. Maybe we need to um, eat some uh, wise potato chips. 
Maybe that's been our problem. We haven't had enough wisdom. And um, that's smart water. Maybe some of you need to be drinking more smart water and eating wise potato chips. Maybe that's the plan. But no, it's not. How do we become wise in this season? And that's the first thing I want you to fill on. Are you wise or foolish? Now, the Scriptures clarify who's wise and who's foolish. It's a differentiation, and you choose whether you're wise or foolish. Proverbs 14, 15 says that a simple man believes anything, but a prudent man gives thought to his steps. How many know we have a narrative in our society right now that if you question that narrative, you're looked at as if you are a crazy person? But the Bible says we need to be prudent and we need to be searching out matters. That's all of our responsibility. And we need to be praying for the right sources and the right understanding. Prudence is defined as acting with or showing care or thought for the future. Prudence is defined as acting with or showing care or thought for the future. And this is what we want to be looking at today is our future self. Where will we be tomorrow and where are we today? What are some things that we need to stop in our lives? What are some things we need to focus on in our lives? What are some things that we need to let go of in this season so that we can be ready for what our future is? Am I making sense with anybody this morning? Okay, I'm not recommending um, to, to watch this uh, series. I do not watch it. But Homer Simpson, um, apparently his diet was vodka and mayo. Okay? And that was his lifestyle. Now, let me ask you a question. Does Homer Simpson care about his future self? No. He is not thinking about his future. If you mix vodka and mayonnaise and eat that every day, you don't care about your future self. That was a really good sermon analogy. You're welcome. (laughs) But I remember there's a famous saying. It says this, the more we sweat in times of peace, the less we bleed in times of war. We have to be prepared for what's ahead for us. We have to let go of some of our comforts and step into this next season. we got to be ready for what we're going into. And I'm not talking about getting guns and ammo and food and storing up. I mean, if that's what God calls you to do, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But I want to focus on what's in your spirit. Because how many know if we're in the right spirit, we can go through anything. Because if we're walking in the fear of the Lord, we're not going to fear man one second. And the Lord will show us every step that we need to take and where we need to go and what we need to listen to. How many believe that? That's what we need to be prepared for. We need to be prudent in our spirits. So we see in the story that Jesus told about the parable of the five wise and five foolish virgins. um, Basically, uh, weddings used to be very spontaneous. Uh, I know we just had a wedding here, and of course they planned and sent out flyers and everything, but in the ancient times, when a wedding was to take place, it would be very sudden and spontaneous. When the the, uh, groom was able to complete the house, his father would say, all right, looks good, the TV's up, got the fireplace right there, the doghouse is ready, your man cave is ready, let's have a wedding. Okay, maybe not quite like that, but you get what's happening. And then what happens was, is they would get the men, the groom would get the, his party together, and they would go, and they would get, then they, it would happen at night, and they would get their torches and music, and they would start coming along, going to the, the bride's house. Now, she lived 
far away. And then suddenly, when she wasn't expecting it, she heard music in the distance. She saw some torches and saw some lights and music. She said, whew, it's time for a wedding. And isn't that different? Then what do I mean? Just imagine. And this is a picture of the end times, guys. That once, once the Father, you know, Jesus is preparing a place for us. Once that room is ready, the Father says, Jesus, go get your bride. We're going to a wedding, okay? We're going to a wedding. That's what it, I, I, always, I like to say it's an end time shotgun wedding. You know what I'm saying? It's, <clears throat> so Matthew 25, 5 through 9. Uh, the bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. How many know there's a lot of sleeping sheep out there today? And I don't have time to wake up sheep anymore. I'm just waking up lions. We got any lions here? At midnight, the cry rang. Here's the bridegroom. Think about that at midnight. Come on, honey. You're coming at midnight for the, for the bride, but... That's what happened. And here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up. Now remember the virgins in this story, there's 10 of them, and they were to support the bride in the wedding. That's how, the, that's how ancient weddings worked. But what happened, it says all the virgins woke up and they trimmed their lamps. It was late, it was dark. How many know we're in a dark season right now? We are in a very dark season. And do you have oil? Are you ready? Are your lamps trimmed? Because pastor's telling you, we need to be prudent now. We need to sweat a little bit now. I'm not saying to get in anxiety or fear. I'm just saying we need to be ready. That's, there's a difference. We need to be positioned. You know, one of the, when, when I, uh, my first roommate in, in school was, uh, was a, name, a man named Brad. And I always remember he would do this. Ephraim, would you come up here and, uh, and go ahead and, and come here. And now I want you to go ahead and, and push me. Okay, good. Okay, come on. Be it like, come on. Do it. Okay. Now, okay, now, I wasn't ready for that. Go ahead and push me again. Do it again. This is what he would do to me every time I tried to push him, is I would, I would push back at him. And what would happen was, is there, I love you. There, I, was, I was ready for the resistance. And this is where I don't think a lot of the church is actually ready for the resistance. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. We just need to, be, we need to be in the right stance. We can't be just, oh, wow, you know? He would so annoy me when he did that because I'd be like, he'd push me and I'd fall down. I'd go to push him and he'd still, oh. but I learned, okay? I learned. We got to be prudent. And the way we get prudent is the voices that we're listening to. Who are you listening to in this time? We must be very discerning in who we listen to. And in the book of Proverbs, you're going to find that there's actually two different people that were be, being listened to. One was the mother figure, and you can fill this in, and the other was a prostitute or a seducer. And there's a lot of seducing voices out there today. There's a lot of voices that are seducing us, and we need to be ready for them. When you read the book of Proverbs, it says this, that in Proverbs 31, you know, we talk about the Proverbs 31 woman. It talks about this was written by King Lemuel, and it says it's an oracle that his mother taught him. How many know mothers have wisdom? Amen. I'm going to say that one more time. How many know your mama's got some wisdom? All right? You listen to your mama. When your mama talks to you, you listen. Because mama's got some good words to say. And all the men said? Amen. Amen. I was a little slow. Boy, you guys don't want to eat, I guess. Proverbs, Proverbs 15.5 says, A fool spurns his father's discipline, but whoever... Heeds correction shows prudence. 
These, we are going to be corrected in this season, and we're showing prudence by listening to correction. It goes on to say in Proverbs 5, and again, there's the, there's, in Proverbs, you look at the, at the first 10 chapters, it's much about a mother's wisdom versus a prostitute who is seducing this young man. And Proverbs 15, 5 says, uh, my, or Proverbs 5, 1 through 2 says, My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Turn your ear to my understanding that you maintain discretion, that your lips may preserve knowledge. And then the author goes on to say, For the lips of an adulteress drip honey. Her mouth is smoother than oil. Her feet go down to death and her steps lead straight to hell. How many know there are voices out there that are leading us down the wrong path? There are seducing spirits that are happening. And what I would, I love to do is you take, you see, Jesus is a picture of the mother's wisdom. If you're in Jesus, you're safe. Jesus should be your 24-hour news cycle. Listening to him, reading his word and saying, Lord, I want to understand what's happening. Because you said that you will do nothing unless you first reveal it to the prophets. And we need to be listening to the prophets in this time. And we need to be aware that there are other voices out there that are trying to lead us astray. And this is where prudence requires us to be awake, to be listening, and to act. Proverbs 31, 3-4, and again, this is the mother's wisdom. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. You know, there are millions of children in the womb that have no voice. Will you be their voice? There are millions of people in fear right now of losing their jobs, afraid of standing up. There's millions of children out there who can't speak for themselves, don't understand. Will you be their voice? This is why we're alive and well today. This is why we have a voice and we have to stand. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the poor and the needy. That's our call. That's what we're called to do. So we have two that we listen to. Do we listen to the mother or do we listen to the, the voice of seduction? Am I making any sense this morning? All right. Number three, we got to ask ourselves, are we on the rock or are we on the sand? What are we building on? And you know, the enemy may build and build and build and build. But remember, the Titanic was built by professionals and it sank. Noah was built by a, uh, Noah's Ark was built by an amateur, and it lasted. So you may not, people may not understand this is the way we're building it, but if it's not built on the rock of Jesus Christ, on people who fear God, you know Proverbs 14:1, there's actually two psalms that are exactly the same in the Bible, Psalm 14 and Psalm 52. Why is it in there twice? I don't know, it's kind of odd. But let me ask you a question. Do you know what the first verse of Psalm 14.1 is? The fool says in his heart, there is no God. That's when we, April 1st is actually um, Atheist Day. Because that's the only time God says, you're a fool if you don't believe in God. It's foolishness to deny who God is. It's foolishness to deny that life begins in the womb. And we see, if that's the basis of people's foundation, then everything else will be warped in their life. If you can't discern life is created at conception, then you're a fool. 
And we have to, as the church, we need to be the voice for the unborn. Amen? So we see that there are people who build their lives on the rock, which represents Jesus, and there's people who build their lives on the sand. And we look at the story in Matthew, and we find as the, the wedding party's coming, the foolish one says to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some from yourselves. So here's a picture. Remember, this is a picture of the end times. It's dark. The wedding feast is about to happen. There's five wise and there's five foolish. What are the five foolish virgins missing? Oil. They don't have enough oil because it was longer than they expected. And so what do they do? They ask the five wise virgins, hey, give me some of your oil. I need some of your oil. And they say, no way. <laughs> That's not very Christian, is it? How many know today, how many have heard this? You're not being very Christian. You're not being nice. You need to share. You need to, need to conform. We need equality here, right? They said no. They said, you aren't responsible. Why did they not have oil? Is because they were holding on to their money. They put more priority on what they wanted to have and then, prior, and then, prior, and then having priority on the oil, what they needed to keep shining. We have to let go of everything else in this season so that we can hold on to that which can keep our fire burning. Are you with me this morning? Because if we hold on to it, instead of letting it all go to have the brightness of Jesus in our life, we're not going to be ready. And we're going to be a, we're a church that's being prudent. And so they said, instead, go, they said to those go, sell, um, those, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. And notice, there was no con condemnation on the wise virgins from the Lord, and they were wicked because they wouldn't share their oil. There was no condemnation. We need to hold on to our oil. We need to hold on to what's keeping us burning right now. And we don't have to worry about what other people... Everyone's responsible for their own oil. And you have to get it. But that means you have to let go of everything you're holding on to. Jesus said in Matthew 7, Everyone therefore who hears these words of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. So it's about hearing God's word and obeying. When we hear and obey, we're being wise. And it says, And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Now notice, you're going to read the story about the foolish person who built their house on sand. Storms hit both houses. Now, I know we think, well, if we obey the, the, the words of God, nothing bad will ever happen to us. Right, Pastor? Wrong. You're going to get pushed, just like Ephraim pushed me. You're going to get pushed. There's going to be pushback. But you've got to have your stance ready. And our stance is right now, I'm on the rock. And so when we get pushed, we're pushing back. That's the stance we must have. And it says, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. 
I like people who have core values. Core values are values that do not shift based on your circumstances. And there's too many people out there that they're willing to serve God unless something else happens. That means the Bible is not your core value. It'd be like me playing game of Monopoly with you. And I tell you, I'm completely honest unless I'm losing. <laughs> then I'm sneaking some $500 bills out of the bank, you know. But if I'm winning, guys, I'm completely honest. And this is the way a lot of Christians are, unfortunately. They're completely honest until they start losing. See, that's not okay. That means you're building your house on sand. And let me tell you, friend, the storm's coming. And what does it say? It says, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house, just like the wise man. But what happened to his house? It fell and great was the fall of it. Don't be a fool. Be wise. Don't just hear the word. Obey it. And remember, when seasons change or it becomes time where you decide, man, how many have done that before? Like, I am, I am, I'm going to be forgiving to everyone today. And sure enough, your boss is the biggest butthead he's ever been that day, right? All right? You're like, oh, why today, Lord? And that's the day that it's tested. Everything you say will be tested. And just say, oh, it's just a test. Just a test, Lord. I said I would, and I'm going to. Why? Because I have core values that do not shift based on what other people do. My core values have been imparted into me through Jesus Christ. And I stand on these core values and these values are not changing because the situation changes around me. Everything else may fall, but I'm going to stand on the rock and on God's word. That's what our declaration needs to be. And that's what we are in this season. Amen? Now, I shared this a few months ago. But there are theories out there, the theory of evolution, and we can go into it. Basically, if you don't believe in God, you're a fool. Now, how we all got here and how old the earth is, we can differ on that. But there is intelligent design. If you look around in our world, if you don't see that there was, an, there was intelligence behind the design of us, we're not goo to you on the way to the zoo, okay? Some, you guys are a little slow on that. But the theory of evolution has a landmark called Darwin's Arch. I'll show you a picture of that. It's known as one of the most famous rock formations in the Galapagos Islands. Much of Darwin's theory of evolution points back to these islands. Have you guys ever seen this? That's like, that is the picture of, uh, it's like the, the statue, even though it's a natural thing, of Darwin's theory. Well, on May 17, 2021 of this year at 11.20 a.m., tourists watched as the ark suddenly collapsed in broad daylight. The symbol of Darwinism has fallen. How many believe that was a sign? I believe that was a sign. And we need to have courage. We need to be looking for those signs of encouragement right now in these dark times. That look what God did. Why in 2021... Would that suddenly, out of the blue, fall down? Because God says, I'm destroying the foundations of atheism. God is going to show up. And guess what? This is the season of the local church for you and I to get equipped in our spirit men 
So we're ready to be warriors for Jesus. That's what we're called to be. See the difference between a soldier and a warrior. A soldier goes to war hoping that he gets back to his family. But a warrior goes to war with the sole thing in mind that we will win and conquer. That's the difference. And on the battlefield, warriors accomplish 20 times more than soldiers. Because they've let it all go. And they say, I'm, I'm going after it because I'm a warrior. We got any warriors here at Gateway Church this morning? Come on. Am I stirring you up a little bit this morning? Come on. I love you guys. I'm proud of you guys. So there's a call to be a minister. We're all called to be ministers. Every one of us is a minister called to be equipped to do the work of the gospel, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out devils, to pray for people. That's what all of us are doing and need to be doing. We need to have oil and we need to be burning brightly because we see what happens in the story in Matthew 25, 10 through 13. But while they were on the way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived and the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Now there is a season and a time that the door will shut and we will not be allowed back in. That's what the Bible tells us. You know, we see that sometimes we think, oh, there's always grace afterwards. I'll tell you, that's not true. There's coming a time when the door will be shut and you and I, if we're not full of oil, we're not getting in. We have to be ready for that. Just like a, a person who, is, who, who sows his seed in the ground. There's a time for harvest and if you sleep through the harvest, the harvest is ruined. There's a time that we can't say, well, it, there's going to be grace. There's going to be grace. That's not what the Bible says. There's a day and a time, and I believe now is the season, that you and I have to say, enough is enough. I'm getting my oil. I'm letting go of what I need to let go of so that I'm ready and I'm shining in the season. Because there will be a time where the door is shut, and if you don't make that decision, you're going to be left out. And that's what we have to be ready for. And I believe we're entering into that season, my friend. Amen. See, a prudent man sees danger and takes refuge. But the simple keep going and suffer for it. There is so much pressure out there today to conform. There's so much pressure out there today to be silent. But I tell you, the more I'm told to shut up, the louder I get. The more I get oppressed, if I'm like a beach ball you hold down in the water, I want to pop up even higher because I know that the enemy is doing everything he can to keep you and I down, quiet, and shut up. And this is the season that we rise up as the lions that we're called to be. I believe it. Interesting story here. This, may get, this will get really interesting. Uh, in Leviticus 21, it talks about that there are qualifications to be, to work before the Lord, to serve before the Lord, to work in the temple. And, and I've taught this before because I think there's some interesting principles here for you and I to live by. And it says this, it says in Leviticus 21, 17 through 20, say to Aaron for the generations to come, none of your descendants who has any defect may come near 
to offer the food of his God. See, the Levites were the one that they carried the sacrifices. They handled the sacrifices before God. How many know that you and I are priests in the new covenant? We are those who handle what we call the food for God. I love that. But it gives some requirements, and I want to spiritualize these requirements because I think what was done in the physical, what happens in the natural first is the spiritual picture for us. And it begins with this. It says that no man who has any defect may come near, no man who is blind or lame, disfigured or disformed, deformed. And I think what it's saying here is, number one, if you want to serve the Lord, you can't be blind. You have to have your eyes opened. You have to be seeing and seeing clearly. And there's a lot of blind guides out in our community. There's a lot of blind guides right now and the talking heads and our politicians. Number two, we can't be lame. I think I have a list here. Don't be lame. <laughs> be able to be healed. Deal with the stuff, the inner stuff that's going on in your heart. Don't be lame. Number three, don't be disfigured or disformed. And I think that is a picture of how we appear to people. Don't let your image, don't have a different image than who you really are. Be authentic. Be real. Don't be disfigured or disformed. How many have seen that enough in the body of Christ? And it goes on to say, no man with a crippled foot or a hand. And that means you're not willing to, to give. If you're not willing to give, you can't serve. You have to be a giver of your time, of your resources, of your finances. You also have to be one that is not crippled in their foot in going and serving. Jeanette, I think someone back there needs you. Thank you. The other thing it says, and one who is a hunchback or a dwarf, and I believe that represents our stand. We can't walk around like this. Do you ever see a child who doesn't get what they want? Disfingered or hunchback, you know. I'm a Christian, you know. We have to be ready for what's coming against us in this season. We have to have the right stance. We have to be standing on the rock. We have our shoulders back and our head up. Why? Because of who we serve. We, we serve Jesus Christ. And we don't have to have our head down. We can't have an eye defect, is what the Bible says. That means that we have to be seeing clearly. We have to be seeing clearly in the season. How do we get clear vision? Is let the Word of God cleanse us. Because we're all prone to deception. And I don't put requirements on myself to be 100% right all the time. You know, check out what I say. Absolutely. Compare it to the Word of God. And if I'm wrong, I'll say, yeah, I was wrong. You know, but I'm not going to be quiet because I'm afraid of making mistakes. You know, people, some people live, they think Satan is more powerful to deceive them than God is than to keep them. That's not my mentality. We also see that they cannot have an eye defect, and it ends with, uh, or running sores. I think that's cool. We have to make sure that we're not wounded, and there are seasons and times where we go through relationships where we get wounded and get hurt, but it talks about Everybody say, festering sores. <laughs> and what's that a picture of? It's a wound that has not been covered and bandaged and healed up. 
And there are times that we're going through healing, but it's dangerous. Like you contaminate other people when you walk around and you gossip and you complain about other people and like in a wounded sense. We have to take that to the Lord. And if you have an issue, follow Matthew 18, which just says, go directly to the person if you have an issue. That's the way we deal with it. Don't, don't, it doesn't say go to your pastor so your pastor can deal with that person. It doesn't say that. Your pastor is so happy it doesn't say that, by the way. You know? And what I encourage people to do, I say, listen, you're a powerful person. Go talk to them. Man. And if you're not a powerful person, then you can't work with me and you can't be here. Period. I work with powerful people. That's what I expect and I require. Because that's what the Bible says. And we're up to that, right? And most people say, you're darn right, I'm a powerful person. I'm going to go take care of that right now. Amen. All right. The last thing is damaged testicles. Okay, I said that this morning. You can't have damaged testicles and be in ministry. And what does that mean? I'm reading the Bible. No, 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 no. <clears throat> you know, and you could take damaged testicles as referring to evangelism and, and reproducing, but I just think we need to have some... Mm. You know what I'm saying? We need to be the type of people that can stand up to evil and not back down. That's what it says. So... That's what I got out of that scripture, and that's how I'm interpreting it. We have to. We stand up to evil, you watch what will happen. I just read this story the other day. In 2004, Gavin Newsom, Mussolini, nuisance, whatever you want to call him, he was the governor, he was, well, he's the governor of California, but he was the mayor of San Francisco. And in 2006, gay marriage was not approved by the Supreme Court, and it should have never been approved by the Supreme Court. But Gavin Newsom decided to open up his courthouse and allow gay marriages to happen in San Francisco, of all places. Imagine that. Gavin Newsom was the mayor. And for 10 days, for 10 days... Gay couples from all over the world, all over, I'm sorry, all over the United States were coming to San Francisco to get their marriage license until on the 10th, on the 10th day, about 10 young men, young Christian men went to the courthouse and said, every one of you is defying the law and this needs to stop now. You understand, even though the mayor of the city approved it, these 10 young men said, this is unlawful, this is illegal, and we defy you right now. 10 young men, Christians, because they realize marriage is between a man and a woman, and don't you desecrate what marriage is and defile it, and saying it could be two men or two women or whatever, anything. It's a sacred union between a man and a woman. That's what the Bible says. That's the foundation we stand on, and we will not move from it. And these 10 young men went there. They got beat. They got thrown out. They got laughed at. But the next day, Governor Schwarzenegger stood up with those young men and said, this stops now. How many are glad that there's some people out there 
that aren't afraid to stand up against tyranny. There's people today that are standing up and saying, listen, when it's wrong, it's wrong. Abortion is wrong. It's killing. It's murder. It's not legal. You understand me? It's illegal what's happening in the womb today. It's, it's not a law. The Supreme Court doesn't make laws. Therefore, it's illegal in every state in our country. That's why people protest and stand up against what's illegal. When we can distinguish between when acts are courageous as opposed to reckless and cowardly, this is an act of prudence. And this is a virtue that you and I need to have in this season. We need to be ready in the spirit. We need to be trained. We need to have the wisdom that we need. We need to be discipled. We need to get around people that are doing the stuff, that are making difference, that they have guts. They're not cowards. They don't have damaged testicles. Okay. We need to be around those people. And we need to stand with them. And there's going to be a boldness that's going to come upon the church like never before. Are you guys ready for that? Come on, let's stand together. Can we give God a shout of praise this morning? Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, go ahead and grab the hand of the person next to you or put your hand on their shoulder. And today, I just want to say a bold prayer over you. From this crazy message today, we can have our pad up here, symptoms be good. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Father, I thank you that you have called us to be cowards. You called us to be bold. And I thank you for this group of people, and I thank you for everyone within the sound of my voice. God, we thank you that we will be prudent and prepared for what's ahead. We thank you that we drive all fear out of our lives right now. Also, the spirit of timidity, everything causing us to feel small and like grasshoppers. We say, go right now in Jesus' name. We say that the spirit of timidity, go in the name of Jesus. That we walk in love, we walk in power, and we walk in a sound mind. And I declare right now that you're releasing creativity. Right now that we will be prepared for the next season. That God, that we will hear the right voices. And I pray right now for this people, for godly connections when it comes to educating their children, financing their homes, uh, their businesses, their medical decisions, their choices in entertainment. God, I just release creativity and new ideas and the right connections right now in this time, Father. That you are preparing us, not just for ourselves, Lord, but to be a city of refuge for others to come into, and they say, thank God that you are a people that was prudent six months ago because you're a blessing. And I want to know the Jesus that you serve. And I thank you today, Lord, that you will use us in this time to be, make a difference, to make decisions, and be bold, and to take risks, and to be ready for what's ahead. And we thank you for it, God, right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah! All right. Thank you guys for being with us. God bless you. We'll see you guys Wednesday night in our marriage class, Thursday night Bible school. Also, Friday night, Voice of the Patriots, be there. 
Give somebody a hug, a handshake, a high five, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Gateway Church's Sermon of the Week. Make sure to follow us on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And for more information, videos, sermons, or events, check out our website at igateway.org. Thank you and have a blessed week.